Welcome, friends. This is the Art of Aliveness podcast, and I'm your host, Chrissy Marie. It's a space where we explore how to nurture life force energy through the path of creativity, curiosity, compassion, courage, and connection. Let's dance. listeners. Very excited to share this episode with you today. I brought on a dear friend of mine, Suru, and we chatted about fascia and cells and aliveness and how all of that relates to reducing our experience of anxiety, trauma release, and it was just an overall really fun and informative conversation. I wanted to speak to the audio Um, The microphone that I was using did not pick up during the joint part of the interview. So if I sound softer, that is because it is only getting picked up on the computer mic. Um, You should be able to still hear me okay, but she will be significantly louder than me. However, if you are tuning in and you feel drawn to listening to this episode, I trust you have some medicine to receive, and I am super excited to share her with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the chat. Welcome, friends. I am here with my beautiful sister, Sue Roo, who we're going to jump into all things fascia and cells and aliveness, which is so needed now more than ever at this point. I'm very excited to dive in. And Sue is an intuitive myofascial release therapist. She taps into the physical and emotional traumas that lie deep within our cells. And she's been evolving her practice for over 11 years, helping her clients shift restricted areas found within the fascial matrix to create more fluidity, more alignment within the body. In doing so, she's been able to help her clients overcome the anxiety that they unknowingly hang on to so that they can move beyond it. And Sue lives in London, Ontario, Canada with her partner, Jared, and her angel daughter, Avelina. She was recently published in a book called The Great Canadian Woman. She is strong and free, is the title of the book, and is the host of the Love Yourselves podcast, which you all should go check out if you're loving on Sue. Ultimately, her mission is to help guide the next generation of humans with understanding and loving their bodies. Thanks, Mama, for being here. Welcome. So excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. First of all, you have the most magical podcast voice I have (laughs) ever heard in my life. And oh, I just love listening to the episodes I've listened to so far. So keep going. (laughs) Um, And I'm just so proud of you for releasing all of this knowledge and all of your wisdom and as you called it on my show all of your magic into the mm-hmm. world so i'm just so grateful to be here thank you thanks gorgeous yes and i was i had the pleasure of being on sue's podcast as well which was a blast i will link to that one too when i post this one up um so myo i didn't know what myofascial release was until i met you 
Mm -hmm. And even after you explained it, I didn't quite understand until I actually got a treatment from you, which was incredible. So can you share a bit about what that even is for people who've never heard the term? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I I get that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not a very common treatment or style of therapy that you hear often. You hear uh, massage therapy and chiropractic and physiotherapy and those types of treatments. But myofascial release is basically a form of hands-on body work where there is no lotion or oils um, used in the treatment ever, which is great. Um, and basically I use slow sustained pressure with my hands on my client's body to access the fascial layers, which are very deep within the body and every single cell in our body is wrapped in fascia. So it connects to everything. So, I could be working in, I work in a lot of abdomens um, and thoracic cages and with my pressure and sustained pressure in that area, I can help to relieve pain, say in someone's shoulder or neck or knee or feet because it's all an interconnected web and yeah, it's just magic. Mm. (laughs) so are you saying that if you were to press on fascia in one part of the body and sustain the pressure that it would have a healing effect in different parts of the body where you're not pressing on exactly so a lot of times when i say when clients come in with shoulder pain or neck pain or headaches where we feel the pain isn't the root cause of it So whenever I have a new client come into the clinic, it's sort of like a puzzle for me. Everybody has has had its own journey, its own traumas, its own injuries, scars, and all of those types of experiences that stick and stay embedded in our cells often show up later in the form of pain somewhere else in the body. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is pain is a symptom of, of layered trauma from the past, and it's not necessarily showing up at, at the root of where the trauma happened. It's- exactly. And it could be something in recent past. It doesn't have to be you know, decades prior. But what I have learned through my practice is that it's sort of a combination of it all from the minute we're out of the womb to where we are now. Yeah. Cumulative. Yeah. Well, what I think is so beautiful and fascinating about that is, is how the body is so interconnected so that when there is something, say, touching our 
our foot, right? Like, and this is a bit of the basis of acupressure, right? When they're putting needles into the body, you know, they're putting needles in on these, these meridian lines, these energy centers, because these energy centers are like the, the, the energetic bloodstream of the body. So like you can touch spot on the foot and it can alleviate a headache depending on where you're pressing. Do you, so when somebody says, okay, hey, I've got pain in my ankle or something, do you know like the corresponding area to press or are there like, is it a bit of a intuitive thing for you where you're just kind of feeling into the body and letting your hands guide you? It's a bit of both because just how you mentioned the meridian lines, I definitely work along those exact um, planes within the body and the energy centers as well. So Yes, over time, there are certain patterns and connections that are common, but at the same time, every body is different because everybody has gone through its own way of healing throughout its existence that normally the first treatment, it's like I'm a little investigator, right? I'm trying to find, you know, my path and, and how to work on that person to help them feel better. And then what I say too is, is the second treatment is always the magic because some of that guessing piece has, is gone. I know where to start. I know where I want to go. And with fascia, which, inter- which in- is interesting with that is when my hands are have sunk deep into the layers of the fascia. And this could be, you know, take two minutes to five minutes, depending on how hydrated that client is. The fascia actually guides me. So when you ask if it's intuitive, yes, it is. But at the same time, I'm listening to that fascia and where it is guiding me next. So I found that to be the most fascinating thing about what you do is that you're, you're guided. So can you describe a bit of like what is going on in your body when you're feeling the guidance of the fascia? Hmm. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering, it's like, is like, do your hands like kind of like move on their own or do you feel like the fascia gives in one area and you're like, Oh, that's where I go next. Or like, how do you receive that messaging so that you know where to, where to be and for how long. Yeah, there's there's a couple of of different things that happen. So say I'm on an area of trauma or a scar from an injury. Those are the areas that intuitively the fascia wants me to stay there a little bit longer. And I know that because my hands begin to tingle and kind of burn. Sometimes I'll feel like electric shocks flowing up my arms. I will sweat. So actually when I was pregnant, it was really, really strong. And <laughs> I don't think I've ever shared this, but, <laughs> but sweat beads would start dripping down my spine. And like it would just be sort of like a waterfall on those on those really intense like i that area needs healing the most so so that's how i know when i'm in an area that um i need to stay longer but as for guiding 
the body will twitch and shake on the table as I'm moving through fascia. And so, yeah, my hands will kind of pull in, in the direction of, so say, say I'm working down the spine and the left hip and the left leg is shaking more than the right. I am guided to go to one of those sides more. Yeah. It, it could be the more shaky side. It could be the more stuck side. But again, it all depends on that body. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> I love that. I just think it's amazing that, and that's such, a, it's an, it can be an underrated methodology for treatment and for healing in, in massage communities. Yeah. So there's, and you can go and get a cookie cutter massage but there's something about going to a body worker who's willing to listen to your body, mm -hmm. give it exactly what it wants. That is so deeply nourishing. And I find that I gravitate towards those practitioners because I think there's a sense of safety and attunement that I feel with attunement. Like, yeah. Oh, you're paying attention to my body right now. And that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful connection. Like the, the connection of that is healing in and of itself. And somebody's mm -hmm. really taking their time with your body. It's interesting you say that because for many years, and even to this day, I sort of feel like the black sheep of the massage therapy community. Um, and working in a clinic with, I think we have six other massage therapists who don't do what I do. And a lot of their clients, if they end up in my room they a lot of the time stay with me and I don't know if it's probably because this type of treatment is a little bit more effective I find than the conventional Swedish massage um, and not to discredit that therapy because it's needed but I remember coming out of school in 2008 and practicing the traditional Swedish way. And I was getting frustrated. And that's what made me seek this type of, of work because I knew that I needed to help more. Mm. And so, yeah, so since 2008, I've been evolving this and now, Oh, now I just hang out with my hands. My hands just hang out in women's abdomens for like 90 minutes and turn. It, it's like fascial soup. That's what we call it because we are liquid, right? So it actually feels liquefying underneath our hands if we've been there long enough. So, um, and the results of that, because the cells need time, our bodies need time for healing. And so that's a huge principle in what I do as well. Wow. Yeah, the cellular, so the two pieces there that really are fascinating for me is, is that you're able to release trauma from the cells and that you're focusing a lot on the abdomen. And I, mm -hmm. I really work my psoas muscles. So I'd love for you to talk first about the cellular piece. Like how, what's the connection between myofascial release and, and releasing trauma from, from the cells? How would you describe that to somebody who's like, what do you mean there's trauma in my cells? Yeah. 
I know. Another thing, I, <laughs> I often refer to myself as the weirdo. Like when I have new clients, I'm just like, I'm the weirdo. Like, let me just do my thing. Okay. Um, and then they get off the table and they're like, oh, okay, I feel lighter. So talking about releasing trauma from cells, I've sort of gravitated away from that word release because we're always going to carry around our trauma. It's whether we're going to hold on to it in certain areas that restrict the flow of our nerve endings. That's what's really happening. Basically, wherever trauma is in the body, so let's just picture a scar, for example. Now, a scar is tougher material than the area without a scar. So that tougher, it's like glue in that area, right? And it's just our body, that's just the way of healing at the cellular level. But it blocks the flow of nerves. So what happens is I help to, like I said before, like liquid, like liquefy that area. Um, I use the word iron out or like that term a lot. Because what that does is it just increases the flow of that stuck area. So whether it's not a, a scar and you've had emotional trauma, mental trauma, anything like that, um, sexual trauma, our bodies, when things like that happen, hold in those areas because it's just like a defense mechanism, right? And so over time, those areas where we hold, which typically is our stomachs, our abdomens, our core, we hold it in because we just, we need to stay strong, right? <laughs> but eventually those areas turn to be sort of cement-like, just like a regular scar from, you know, a C-section or something. So, um, so again, it's that whole eye holds, with my hands, my fascia, connecting with their fascia, it liquefies that area and expands it as opposed to releasing. So it sort of opens up that area to allow more flow energetically, neurologically, um, you know, circulatory, all, all of the necessary flows that we need it to happen in our body. I love that. Yeah, I'm thinking of like taking... Um the lid off like a steaming pot of water to like let pressure out like to let like the, the process of expansion organically happen mm. I like opening the breaking the dam in a way yeah that's a really good visual actually yeah. I think of well I think about like trauma is like undigested energy like like literally if you eat stuff that your body doesn't know how to digest or like just a lot of junk food for a while like the body starts storing it as fat on the body because it's not able to, especially if you're not moving or, or metabolizing it and it stores as fat. And it, it's like, I think of like trauma as like energetic fat in ourselves. Like you're moving it, you're allowing it to metabolize in a way. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. The abdominal piece. I think that was the second question and I sort of went into it, but <clears throat> That didn't really come up in my practice. I mean, it would show, show up here and there um, as I would work on C-section scars and appendix scars and, and those types of things. But um, 
what was really transformational in the path that I am in now was working on young women who have who had panic attacks or would wake up anxious every day and it was just that constant stress within their bodies and um on one of my first podcast interviews that I did last year was this story and um a big part of my job is is trying to align bodies. So first of all, I'll say that. An aligned body is a happy body. It's more fluid. And so pain doesn't like to, or doesn't normally reside in more alignment of the body. So this client in particular, she was in her younger 20s, um, I'd say 23 or so. And she was a girlfriend of mine. She's an esthetician. We work together and I just started noticing because she would come to me with neck and shoulder pain. And as we got to know each other and I started realizing that she was holding a lot in her stomach, which was actually curving her lumbar spine. So the lower part of her spine. Mm. And I could see that when she was face down on the table. Um, But what I was doing on the posterior wasn't, wasn't correcting it completely. So (laughs) So I dove into her abdominal fascia and it was, it wasn't even my whole hand on the area. It was basically my fingertips and uh, I pressed right beside her navel and she started feeling those butterflies going up her body into her chest and she started breathing really heavily and, and I was like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, like this is how I feel on a regular basis. And then she sort of dove in and told me about her panic attacks, which I hadn't known because again, people hold that in. They don't want to even admit that they have panic attacks or anxiety, right? Like, so I was A, grateful she was able to open up and uh, share that with me when I found it. And then since then, they decreased significantly from that one treatment to the point that for months she didn't even have one. And we were both like, what? (laughs) What is this? (laughs) Um, So that was a few years ago. And, and so now that is a huge goal of mine, obviously is to help um, young women work through that at a cellular level hoping that they can avoid prescription medications because we know how much that's on the rise and um yeah just educating on that their anxiety isn't necessarily in their head Mm. right yeah what i'm hearing is that it's when we can move and soften and open and open the channels in the body that has an effect on not just the cells, but also the mind and the nervous system, mentally, the, the reactions and the, the emotions we feel, but also I'm curious, did it correct the lumbar? Did it correct the um, skeletal structure as well? I'm not gonna say yes, <laughs> but her next treatment that she came in. So I think we were on a uh, two week interval. It had significantly improved. Mm -hmm. 
what like I can never say, oh, I corrected this person's posture. Oh, I fixed this, right? Um, and that's true because the reason her posture was like that um, and continues to kind of go back just like everyone else is our postural habits on a daily basis. So she was going back to work, hunching over her clients every single day like molding her body back into that state. So, you know, just like with your work, mm. we have to constantly be working on our bodies. Like there's never, there's never a time where it's like, oh, you're fixed. Like yeah, right, right, <laughs> it's right. done. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it definitely helped improve that aspect of her spine. And it's something she continues to work on now she has stretches and things that she can do after work and i maybe see her once every two months yeah so yeah well that's i mean you're speaking to to maintenance right to, to that point. yeah so in between sessions how do you what do you recommend for people are there general things that you end up recommending more than others or is it is it different for every everybody I think in general, the three major things I recommend to everyone is water, of course, increase your water intake. Um, that can, that in itself can cause calm your nervous system at any point. Mm -hmm. Um, postural habits when it comes to sleeping. So I usually recommend uh, sleeping on your back or on your side with a pillow in between your knees. If you're a stomach sleeper, that's usually when that can affect the way your body is molded. Mm -hmm. um, just because you can't sleep in an aligned position ever, unless you're like sleeping on a massage table with your head in the face cradle. <laughs> like who does that? It would be ideal. Um, and then, yeah, just stretching and strengthening. I'm a very, um, I wouldn't say pusher. <laughs> um, I am an advocate of stretching the body <laughs> in whatever capacity feels good to you. So if you don't like going to yoga class and you want to stretch in your bed, go for it. Yeah. Just stretch. Mm. I love that those are simple and easy to do at home, you know, especially now that we're all home, no excuses to not be stretching <laughs> and exactly. drinking water. Drinking water is something that is super important too for the work that I do and any energy work. I mean, water conducts electricity and, and our bodies and our cells are, are comprised of electromagnetic fields so the more water we have the more movement there will be the more we can organically detox the stuff that we don't need and and maintain that which we do you know create space for that which we do so i have a question for you can i do that yeah let's go <laughs> <laughs> Table, <let's turn. laughs> when two podcasters get on a podcast um so water dehydration i can feel immediately as soon as my hands are on a body whether they need more water or not and it's not like oh you're so dehydrated or you know you're perfectly hydrated but it can you can always just tell there's there's a difference 
can you tell in your clients if they're dehydrated or because you're not physically touching them, right? Right. You know, that's a great question. Generally, no. I I usually just ask. I'm like, how much water do you drink a day? Yeah. I was told that it was half the amount. Like, so take your body weight, divide that by two. That's how many ounces you should have. But then I heard from another practitioner that it should be more than that. It should be like add another 30 ounces to whatever that number is. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I was told that most people are significantly dehydrated and that causes a lot of stress in the body. Um, And I am that practitioner that's like, yes, we need more water than half our body weight. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to totally throw out a Canadian term here. Um, (laughs) I'm so Canadian. Um, And I'm moving around here because I just have this book I want to recommend now that you're talking about it. But um, I recommend two to three liters, which is about a gallon of water for you, I think. Do you drink a, a gallon a day? Or like close to it? I don't even know at this point. <laughs> it's definitely, I'm probably in the uh, dehydrated population right now, um, getting better at measuring how much water I'm actually drinking. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, this book that really, um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Your Body's Many, Your Body's Many Cries for Water. Ooh. And it is by, oh my gosh, I can't even pronounce his last name. <laughs> Bat, Bat Ming Heldigi. I don't know. Can you read that? Read his last name. Oh, Bat Geledji. I don't know, but it's got a lot of letters. (laughs) But this this book, and it's not a very long read. It's like under two hundred pages. So I will um, send you that to put in the show notes if you want, if you feel called. Um, Yeah, love it. But that really opened my eyes to the importance of water and fluidity in our body and decreasing our risk for certain diseases like cancer and all of these health issues that are on the rise. So Mm -hmm. anyway, there's my recommendation. Love that. Thank you. Welcome. Yes. Yeah. I'd love to hear too. Are there any other stories you have about clients who received the treatments and did the maintenance work and then had extraordinary results whether it was with anxiety or or anything else that they were that came to you with hmm yeah I have a lot (laughs) (laughs) um what I actually want to talk about is how the body responds when we can let go of that anxiety that we've been holding on to or that trauma we've been holding on to for years, probably our whole life. And one client in particular comes to mind and she's young like us. Um, She's an occupational therapist and very tiny, very petite body. She's into acro yoga and she's very, she's very active with her body. She's not, um, someone who isn't working on their bodies so she had been in an accident she was uh, mountain biking in the mountains in bc and um she she flipped off her bike and landed directly on her hands like you know when they stretch out their hands and land so her wrists were 
really, really damaged. Um, and like I said, she's very petite. So um, her being able to lift things even was, was difficult for, you know, a year and a half. So she found me through, <laughs> through the wonderful world of the internet. Um, and because she doesn't live in our city, she lives in Ontario, um, a couple hours away, but so anyway, so she commutes, but because of that injury a couple of years ago, I was working on, you know, underneath her rib cage and her diaphragm and, um, she had held on so much in there, not just from that accident, but again, it's cumulative. So at one point in the treatment, because I asked my clients to really just like let their bodies be in a relaxed state. So go to a meditative state, like, you know, sleep if you have to, because that's when the body heals the most is when we're in that, you know, relaxed, the most relaxed state. So <laughs> my fingers are <laughs> kind of on the inside of her rib cage. And all of a sudden, her body started to, we use the term unwind on the table, where it just involuntarily started to convulse. Mm -hmm. And at first, obviously, it's shocking when that happens to someone's body. Um, <laughs> because you're like, what's happening? Let it stop. And it won't stop because your, your cells are going through a process. Even my fingers at this point had released out, out of her rib cage and she was crying and convulsing and I held her and um, yeah, it was just, that was where she was holding a lot of her pain that was going up through her rib cage, into her shoulder, down her arm and into her wrists um, from that time of healing. So. Um, I just love when that happens, when a client is so vulnerable and so trusting, like you had said earlier, like very trusting with me. And I think I have that sort of gift as well. Like a lot of my clients just trust and I'm so grateful that they trust me. Um, it's just a part of the, the therapy aspect that I love. Um, I went to, I learned later cause now she's, she's, you know, a great friend of mine as well, but um, <laughs> she has quite the backstory from like six months old, her family fled from Iran or something. And, you know, she almost died at six months, like at six months as a baby and all of these things just, <laughs> just come through. And um, it's like, wow, she really held on to a lot and has been holding on for a lot. And it was really a beautiful moment. She um, she made this video right after when she's sitting in the parking lot, like trying to comprehend what happened. Um, I'll get her on the podcast soon. So uh, maybe she'll talk about it. But I love when that happens. I don't even know if that was your question, but that. <laughs> yes. In fact, that's exactly, exactly it. Yeah. I mean, the ability to be able to to release in that way and to move energy in that way is so necessary and so many of us have been conditioned to believe that crying to release or shaking and moving the body to release is 
awkward or too much or too uncomfortable. And often it's exactly what we need in order to stop feeling anxiety, to start feeling more alive, right? We talk about how to activate life force energy. Life force energy can't move if you are energetically constipated. You know, and so what I'm hearing is that you like gave her a, an energetic enema and she just had <laughs> the release she needed. I don't think of that every time it happens now. <laughs> Thank you, Chrissy. You're so welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before. Maybe I did. But when we cry, we actually relieve or release so much of our stress hormone that it's like physically found in our tears. Did we talk about that? Not yet. <laughs> like chemically, if you were to, you know, put our tears under a microscope, it would be like that. The stress hormone in our body is yeah. found in there. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, even just a few nights ago, I was talking to my partner and I got triggered by something and immediately my body went into an incredibly tense state. So like some, some people are walking around in this state, but like my throat felt really tight. My whole body contracted. I started feeling nauseous, but again, just an example of how an emotional reaction can have such a wide and various physical response right so like all these things started happening in my body and I decided I was like I need to cry right now so I let my partner know it's like you know if you just hold me right now I'm like I'm gonna lose it and I did like I let myself sob like like a child and I only needed about three or four minutes of that and then I was like oh my god I feel so much better like I felt lighter, looser, um, the nausea started to go away, the tightness started to go away. And I mean, whether or not he was there, I would have probably cried anyways, but like, it was just so nice to give myself permission to cry and to move that energy. Otherwise, my pattern would have been to, if I didn't cry, would have gotten really resentful. I, it would have turned into anger. Um, and after a while, I probably would have forgotten the actual reason that I was upset in the first place, which can lead to confusion, a disconnection from intuition, like all sorts of things happen when you don't release and move energy when it, when it's asking you to release and move it, you know? So how to like, just given that example, do you have other examples of like how people can tell that they've got that they need to tend to their fascia and move their energy other than that contraction. Hmm. Well, just like you said, just there, you know, um, if you hadn't allowed yourself to cry, it would have turned into something else. Hmm. Resentment is a big one. So <laughs> as much as, I'm hands-on therapy in that room. There's a lot of talk therapy that goes on. And so I hear a lot of resentment in people yeah. that, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. You can let it out in whatever way you want. To me, I'm the therapist. That's great. Mm -hmm. But there's a moment halfway through the session because 
it's actually interesting because I've never thought about this until right now. The treatment starts with the client face down on the table where they get all of their verbal garbage out. And then we flip over halfway through. And I usually, when I know that there's like some energy that needs to go in that respect um, or to move, and I have to get into the abdomen, I actually ask them to, to stop talking. Like it's more effective if we're silent and you can just be in a meditative state. Mm. And then they leave or get up off the table and I see them. And then they always say like, oh, I feel so much lighter. And it's like, maybe I'm doing them the favor in two ways. Like they're able to verbally say whatever energy they're feeling Mm -hmm. and then physically shift it, Mm -hmm. move it around. And it's just, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if that was your your question again. (laughs) I don't know either. (laughs) My brain's completely moved on from it. (laughs) But, um, Hmm. You know what comes up now? This is interesting. Is like I hear some of the trauma. Hmm. So if my fingers are in like the abdomen around, um, usually um, above the belly button, sort of at the diaphragm in the center, so like solar plexus area, I will hear voices in my head. So for example, have a newer client ish uh not right now because i'm locked out but anyway (laughs) but his biological dad left when he was two and he grew up with a stepdad who was his father figure and lovely but his stepfather passed away two years ago and he died holding this client's hand, so his stepson's hand. So like imagine the trauma that's going on inside that that man's body. But as I'm in there, oh, so first of all, I didn't know that his stepdad died when I was treating him. I learned this after. So as I'm hands in his abdominal fascia, all I kept hearing was, your father, your father, your father just kept coming through and coming through. So I just said to him after, I was like, I just kept getting this message, like your father, and then learned that his stepdad died holding his hand, which like it could be that, or it could be his biological dad. I don't know. I don't know these messages. I'm just sort of the conduit in between the cells and the energy. And then it's just... Wow. wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Question. Follow up on that. How do yeah. you how do you maintain um how do you clear the energy and maintain your connection to yourself being so deep in other people's energy systems? Mm. Good question, Chrissy. Um it's taken a lot of work. Yeah. Um you know that. Yeah. Uh, I used to take it home with me a lot. Um, I don't know that's who created this practice, but I learned 
um, just in visualizing like that zipper where I zip up my energy. Yeah. Maybe that was you (laughs) who taught me that. (laughs) Probably. Um, Donna Eden, she does the zip up. Right. Okay. So yeah, whether I read that or learned that from you or something, but um, I do that a lot. Um, But there's some days where I'll look at my client list and I don't need to do that. Yeah. Um, There's some days where I do need to do that. So I've done a pretty, I feel like I'm at a spot now where I can do a pretty good job of separating myself, um, no matter what I'm picking up or what's in the exchange. Um, and again, that's just goes along with the practice. So. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And people who don't know the zip up, it's where you, um, you can rub your hands together and then just holding them a couple inches away from your body. I don't know if it's the exact practice too that you do, but this is how I learned it. Just hovering your hands over your, your root, so right at the base of your pelvic floor, and then gently as you breathe deeply, raising them up the center of your body up to your um, lower lip, and then just like shaking off your hands. Just imagine zipping up your energy. Your central channel is like the channel in your body that governs susceptibility to hypnosis, influence other people's energies, environmental stuff. So when you when you use the zip up and you're pulling in an upward direction is really important that cleans and and strengthens the central channel the meridian line that helps you you know stay grounded and rooted when you're dealing with other people's you're so close to other people's chaotic systems at times so mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a fun one i use that occasionally i find too when i am um in the middle of the work that I go, I put my mind in a meditative state. So a lot of times my eyes are closed, like I'm at the beach or something. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, you're maintaining brain coherence while you're working. So staying clear and clean. Yeah, and I think that I, um, I don't allow myself to be distracted when I do that because when we're talking or in in conversation it can distract me from the actual physical treatment side Mm. Mm. yeah sometimes we just need to feel and not speak need to pay attention (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, that's what stuck out to me for what you said earlier about flipping them over and then suggesting that they don't speak. Mm-hmm. I I talk to myself a lot. That's why I have a podcast, <laughs> as you know. But, but there's a shadow side to, to talking. There's there's talking to release and talking to ruminate. And sometimes people can talk to distract themselves from actually feeling something that they need to feel. So it sounds like you're giving or you're calling people into that that feeling space where, you know, you got to feel to heal. So love that. <laughs> that should be the title. <laughs> yeah. You got to feel. No, um, I love that. And um, it's so interesting that, you know, I've learned all of these things over the years. There was never, and, I, and I've always just been intuitively guided um, I didn't wake up one day and was like, I'm going to hang out in abdominal fascia for a living, right? Like, <laughs> so. Yeah. 
So you just, and again, it's like, like you said, talking to yourself, I do that all the time too. That's why I started a podcast. Um, and then just being silent. There's some, so much power in the silence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely leaning back into silence lately. Um, something that is easy personally for me to get away from, like as somebody who likes to create and can entertain myself, like, like right now being on quarantine as like majority of my, my being is introverted, which some people don't know because I'm like out and about, but I could keep myself entertained for ages if you left me alone. Mm-hmm. My brain is always on the move. But um, every time I check in with my intuition, it's always like, hey girl, like wisdom lies in the silence. Shut the fuck up. Stop thinking. <laughs> Stop being so noisy. <laughs> yeah. That's a journey too. I think for a lot of people, it's challenging to be still and to be silent because often we move to distract from what's there. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful opportunity you offer your clients and invite them mm-hmm. into. Thank you. And same with you. And just to go off that, um, and talking about where we are right now in the world, I think the universe is really stating that we need to stop. And when we're talking and we're doing things and music is playing and, you know, life is busy, it's, um, it's times like these, just like you said, (laughs) you're an introvert. So am I, you know, other than me not being able to physically go to work, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And I feel, I feel great. (laughs) I mean, my heart goes out to the people who are suffering and, and what's happening, but, um, yeah, I like this, this quiet time. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of medicine in marinating in mystery Mm. how we look at it and perspective and i mean now is a time unfortunately people can't come to you for treatment or depending on where you are um find a you know go to a body worker if you can i would highly recommend it if you're not on like complete lockdown i would highly recommend it i mean i think that maybe we can end with this that right now is the best time to be tuning in and investing in things like body work or energy clearing because this these are make or break moments like these are our watershed moments for people where either you're going to release trauma or you're going to get a lot of it stored in your system and it's just going to be layered on top of all your childhood stuff and we're really being called to either heal right now. And if if we're not, we really are going to unfortunately fall into states of deep contraction and pain if we don't allow for the support that we need at this time. So, I mean, why for you do you feel like this fascial release work is necessary and caring for, for your cellular system so necessary? I think it just it's important to not allow it like the traumas and the pain 
spiral out of control. I think that's why I'm so guided to, I always call them my young bodies. <laughs> but humans in their late teens, 20s, early 30s, their bodies are more pliable, their fascia is more pliable, so change can happen easier. And just like you said, if we can take this time to find what heals us, we're just going to help ourselves avoid that downward spiral. And as much as I can't physically work right now, and I'm not sure what it is like in the US with this type of body work, because I was trained by an American, John Barnes. Um, research it now because we are going to be in high demand in, uh, in the next year or so based on, <laughs> based on what's happening right now and the trauma that is um, affecting everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the message that's been coming through me loud and strong is that in times of uncertainty, the really only certain thing that we can connect to is our intuition, is our inner wisdom. And if we are, like I said before, emotionally constipated and we're, we're spiraling without any support in fear or contraction, we're not going to hear what we need to hear. We're not going to know what we need to know in order to, to navigate this with grace and inspiration and a sense of aliveness. And I mean, at the very least, like be drinking water, stretching, right? Dancing, moving your body if you can. And as you know, Sue, you mentioned, doing, doing the research and finding the resources for support so that you can maintain your nervous system and your cellular system so that you can hear the voice of your intuition so that you can feel vitality and aliveness. Like now is the time to really be leaning into the things that make us feel alive so that we can respond versus react. Exactly. I 100% agree. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, in the spirit of aliveness, one final question for you, Sue, and then if there's anything else you want to speak to, you can. What are you doing when you feel the most alive? Hmm. There's a lot of things you want to know right now in the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever's popping up. Right now, my favorite thing is running through the forest with my dog, because I have a dog now, and our daughter and my partner, he sometimes joins in, but um, just getting that exercise, getting that fresh air, and just feeling free. Oh, I'm feeling like vicarious excitement around that. Sounds so magical. <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank so, you. Yeah, getting outside. Getting outside is super good for yourselves too. I mean, if you live near water too, oh. I am so blessed to live near water. Um, a lot of negative ions along the shoreline that help the body heal. 
Um, but just getting outside in general, like finding a patch of earth and putting your face to the ground and <laughs> breathing that in, that I'm sure that's incredibly nourishing for yourselves. Exactly. And you have winter like we do. So I am just craving the good weather right now. Mm-hmm. We're starting to get some flowers, actually. I, I just, we, my husband and I went for a walk recently and there was a cherry blossom tree blooming. I had to stop and be like, yo, check that out. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so excited. So beautiful. Yeah. I know. We haven't had anything bloom yet, but I'm like, come on. <laughs> Anytime now. Anytime now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to speak to in relationship to aliveness and cells or just anything else that's on your heart? I just have um, a deep appreciation for the work you do. Just you've helped me so much um, when I was sort of in my life transition last year. But um, I think that our work complements each other and especially in a time right now um, for your listeners if you are looking for the type of treatment I do it might be best to start because I you know physical touch is just not a thing right now to start with the energy clearing that you do first and then find your hands-on body therapist or work in conjunction with because I just think there's gonna there's just so much more power in that you know it's not just me that helps a client heal there's so many components and other treatment styles as well so um I just think you know again it comes back to we need to host a retreat (laughs) (laughs) putting it out there going to happen i've been researching some airbnbs i'm just waiting for like the intuitive hit and i haven't gotten it yet maybe it's because of all this stuff probably definitely planting the seeds and you will be there and yeah we will be waking bodies up (laughs) that's for sure seriously and that's what you know i was supposed to be doing this past weekend right and it got canceled and um it's fine it will happen But there's something something so magical when um, the energy work and the physical cellular work happens together. It's actually it's mind like it's cellular blowing. I don't know if that's a thing, but <laughs> you, know, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because when I was going through spiral with my own practitioner, I went through the first level, which is where we clear all of our conditioning around shame, guilt, and dogma, like all the ways in which we were taught you know, things should be. I got all that cleared. And then maybe two days later, I went and I got a massage um, by a guy who did meridian line work. So he was working the meridian lines. Let me tell you, I don't know if I shared this with you, but my listeners kind of heard this. Um, I had what some people would call like Kundalini awakening, where my whole body, just like your clients started to vibrate. I felt like everything, I, I almost got like, um, tetany which can happen during breath work where your hands start to tense up and my lips started to tense up and I was just like I looked like a like a a lobster on the table and both myself and the practitioner were both like a little like what is going on but my body was so ready to release I went in my car after that after that massage and I had 
like an emotional exorcism where I just cried and like screamed and, and I had no idea why. Like there was nothing that happened within the, the recent, you know, past cognitively that I was conscious of, but my subconscious and my unconscious mind and energy just like needed to cry and release. And I am so grateful for body workers because that, <laughs> I think I got the most out of spiral because I did it in conjunction with body work. I have so much to say. Um, <laughs> you had an unwinding, what we call that. And um, for those who are going to listen to my podcast later, um, episode 16 of my podcast with Kara describes that exact thing with her hands. And we call them claw hands. <laughs> Just because it's cute. But, um, and then, but that, again, is also associated with anxiety that has been stored in your cells. Um, shoot, I just lost it. Um, okay, you're gonna have to edit. Um, but that's amazing. I'm so, yeah. Amazing, that, yeah, an unwinding. An unwinding, Google that. Yeah? Yeah, there's a lot of YouTube videos of it. Um, no. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm going to be doing as soon as we get off this. <laughs> Watching unwinding videos. Where did Chrissy go this afternoon? Don't worry. She's just on YouTube. <laughs> Literally. I've been on, I've been watching a lot of The Voice lately. Mm. That's what I've been doing with my time is watching a lot of comedians, a lot of The Voice, and now a lot of unwinding videos. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think a retreat is in the cards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. once they once they reopen the borders <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> well you know what's cool too is i do breath work facilitation now as well so breath work body work energy clearing like all of that stuff is the medicine we need so <laughs> she's laughing at me <laughs> but for real y'all that's it that's 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 where this is the new paradigm it's body work it's tuning into the self and cells so where can people find you so your podcast is love yourselves right where else is there any other place that they can tune into you on yeah because i've decided to show up on social media now i don't know if you've noticed but um <laughs> i'm not i'm not hider right i'm the introvert i just you know um <laughs> yeah, I have the Love Yourselves podcast, and I am on Instagram and Facebook mostly. I don't really go on anything else. I'm not into that TikTok thing yet. I don't know. Um, maybe one day. I thing that the kids are doing. I know all those crazy kids. I don't have time to learn something new, so that's why I'm not doing that yet. <laughs> you have all the time now. <laughs> I don't though because Av and I so my daughter's name is is Avelina we started an online stretching class so we come live every day on Facebook it's called stretch sesh with Sue and Av <laughs> so cute so oh. if anyone wants to join that we'll be doing because I don't know if the kids will go back to school or not and um, so I'm going to keep continuing that because again this all goes back to just wanting to shift it generationally, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've learned so much about our bodies. Like it's now our, our duty to yes. 
teach them. So it's a space for kids and parents to get off the couch and stretch their bodies. And I do a bit of breath work. Today was a little bit of balance, a little bit of joy. And we do like that breath of joy where you just like, oh, oh, like release it. It was really good. I know. Kids, kids love it. They think it's hilarious. <laughs> I can't, all right. That's also what I'm going to do. I'm going to go Google unfolding and breath of joy with Sue. <laughs> and Av. And Av. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm hanging out on Facebook, Instagram, and the podcast. That's my, those are my things right now. So cool. I'll post some links. Um, so yeah. stretch sesh with Sue and Av. It's so freaking cute. So and then the book that you're into, The Great Canadian Woman, uh, what is it? Wow. Yeah, The Great Canadian Woman, She is Strong and Free, is available on Amazon. I can send a link for that as well. Um, and that has your story in it? Uh, it does. It has a bit of my anxiety story in it um, and how I sort of started this path um, within my own body and my own pain and depression and stuff but um yeah amazing well you are a joy and thanks for this i've really enjoyed having you on i have missed you you'll be on again <laughs> i know i missed you too thank you so much for uh having me amazing amazing well friends if you love sue go follow her and you know where to find me but if you are bopping on from sue's audience and crowd you can find me on facebook at chrissy marie the podcast group i have is free it's the art of aliveness podcast insiders and i'm on instagram at come alive with chrissy marie so thank you thank you thank you for tuning in i trust you got exactly what you needed and until next time play on